Good afternoon. It looks like through the windows it is brightening up at last. Um, we're going to jump straight into God's Word. Uh, so if you uh, want to grab a blue Bible from the side of church, or maybe you've got your Bible on your smartphone or your app, or maybe you just know it all in your memory, which is impressive. Um, we're going to turn to uh, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. So towards the start of the Bible, uh, Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 5. So Joshua chapter 3, it's page 217 in your blue Bibles. Let's go for it. So Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, get ready, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and all the ites you could think of. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot into the Jordan River, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is in the flood all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerophon, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all the Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, go over before the uh, the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. This is the word of the Lord. Well done, Anglicans. The amount of times I've got that wrong. This is 
God speaking to us today, relevant message today about his faithfulness. What I'd love for you to do for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to give you a a task, audience participation. On the screen, you will see God is, and what I want you to do is turn to the person next to you or the people next to you, and I want you to fill in the blank. God is dot, dot, dot. God is what? God is dot, dot, dot. 30 seconds, go for it. God is... God is dot, dot, dot. Great. What is always encouraging and positive when you're in church, that there isn't a stunned silence when you ask this question and blank faces. God is dot, dot, dot. For some of you, you might have been shouting out, God is, God is good. And we could do the classic response of God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. And we start bouncing back. Or maybe for some of us, God is, God is with me or God is healer. God loves me. God is love. And today we're going to look at this idea that God is faithful. God is faithful. Because as Anna was just praying, we know that in 31 days, Christmas Day will be upon us. Uh, We know that at the moment we're all in uh, political chaos of deciding uh, for the future. And for some of us, uh, we've just come fresh out of this uh, amazing, powerful series we've been doing called Scattered Servants, where we've been looking at how does God encourage us and bless us and empower us and use us out in the places that we go, that we are a sent missional people. But as we step into this busy season, my encouragement for today is, and as we look over the next few weeks, of who is God? So often we're concentrating on who am I, that actually at this season we need to see who is God? What is his character? What is his nature? What is he like? Because in order to be a sent, scattered servant, we we need to know the sender. We need to know the nature of the one who sends us. And so um, today, if you are a note taker, uh, I have uh, three points that we're going to run through as we think about this passage in Joshua as well. The first, remembering the past. The second, receive in the present. And the third, reach for the promise. Remember the past, receive in the present, reach for the promise. Because we find in this passage in Joshua, this amazing moment where Joshua, the protege of Moses, Moses was the one called by God to rescue the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses stands in front of this giant Red Sea, this obstacle, and he raises his staff. The sea is parted and Israel steps into the promise of God. It steps into freedom. And then they spend 40 years wandering in the desert, in the wilderness. And suddenly Joshua is past the baton to advance Israel into the promise of God. And Joshua now finds himself with the people of Israel behind him in front of the Jordan River, rushing and flowing and powerful as a barrier to the step of the promise of God. And Joshua, in that moment says, God, you are faithful. 
I wonder what you would have been like in that situation, whether you would have been like, God, you've done it before, you're going to do it again. For me personally, I know my own heart, I would have stood in front of the Jordan River and I was like, God, please do it again. I'm scared that you might not do this again. God, are you faithful? Joshua stands in this moment and he remembers the past. Joshua remembers the past. He remembers what God has already done for him and his people. He can look back and he can see the stones that have been laid out. He can remember the stories that they've been speaking in the wilderness. We all need to be reminded of those moments where God was faithful and he will do it again. I love this book. So many people, particularly young people that I work with, they ask the question, is the Bible relevant today? Does it actually say anything for us today? And in this moment, when I think about the people of Israel in the wilderness, I suddenly realize, like, yes, it's relevant. Because they've had this amazing moment with the Red Sea and God moving the sea. And then about 40 years of complaining and saying, God, where are you? Why are you not doing this? For me, it probably would have taken about four minutes for me to start grumbling about, God, where are you? We can stop. We can reflect. We can realign. And we can remember what God has done in the past for us. And in this passage in Joshua 4, after they've passed through the Jordan River, God says to Joshua, get 12 big stones place them on top of each other, and for generations and generations and generations, they will remember what I did for you. I was faithful in this moment. I will be faithful again. And for us today, my encouragement is, with those of us that have kids or grandkids, that actually the way that you can lay down your stones, that you can celebrate God's faithfulness, The way that you can share stories like the Israelites did. That for generations and generations, they can see God's faithfulness through your life and your circumstances. God is with you and for you. He will do it again. And your generations and generations will see that. I think um, a couple of times in this uh, service, I've mentioned about my my gorgeous little nan, uh, Maureen, who is amazing. Uh, I crashed on her sofa for three years, uh, three years too long, bless her. Um, and she, uh, she gave her life uh, to Jesus four years ago uh, during the Alpha course, which was amazing. We celebrate that. But what has been beautiful over the last four years is to spend a little bit of time of journeying with her of how God was moving in her life without her even noticing. She's actually going through this journey of 80 years of her life of looking back at, at the highs and the lows, the moments where she's, she's celebrating life and also the moments of, of divorce and losing a child where she's seen God at work in that moment with a new lens. She's remembering what God's faithfulness looks like in the past, that actually we can look back, we can journey and realign with God. So we remember the past, then we receive in the present. Joshua leads the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, into the center of the Jordan River. God is with them. He is present. He is moving alongside them. What I love is God does not love us because we are valuable. We are valuable because God loves us. The difference is is that we are in a culture today where we're aiming to achieve 
rather to receive. We're in a culture where we aim to achieve rather to receive. We're busy, we're working hard, we want the promotions, we want things to go well. But the difference is, is that we can receive in the present today the love of God. We don't need to earn it. We don't need to strive for it. We don't need to deserve it. God is freely giving us his faithfulness. We just need to step in and align ourselves with the truth of who he is. He is with us. He is for us. And in 31 days, we're going to be celebrating, whether it's with family or with gifts all around us, the arrival of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. We see that God steps into our mess. He steps into our chaos through his son, Jesus, born in the messiness of a stable. And he comes and journeys with us. He comes and he is present with us. It's his gift to us, not us striving for it. Maybe think of it in this way. Um, maybe some of you guys have experienced this before if you, if you have kids. Um, I don't have kids yet. Uh, and, uh, but what I've loved is over the years um, doing lots of youth and kids ministry. And I remember um, a few summers ago we were running a, a kids camp. Um, and we were doing lots of outdoor activities. And one of the activities was creating a fire. Um, and this was with a group of maybe three or four-year-olds, and there were a few parents around. Um, and these kids would have this kind of small spark, and it's lit, but it's this small flame. And as we know, the, the, the flame, the small flame needs oxygen. It needs breath to bring it to fullness and bring it to life. And so these small group of kids are gathered around this small, delicate flame, And it's like, right, are you guys ready? We're going to blow on this flame. Parents and adults all around them. And suddenly they're like, we're we're ready, we're ready. So they're there, small, delicate flame. (laughs) Absolute like raspberries. There's spit and dribble going over this flame. And you're like, oh, it's so delicate. But this this flame just starts to kind of grow. Like, let's do it again. (laughs) More spit, more dribble comes out. And this flame is like, somehow it's just just beginning to develop. One more time. Suddenly, this flame, this delicate flame, has turned into this roaring fire. And the kids are all like, we made a fire, this is amazing, running around, it's like health and safety nightmare. (laughs) But the reality is, is as these kids are spitting on this flame and developing this fire, all of the adults and all of the parents are gathered around behind them, and they're going, they're breathing. This flame develops into a fire. And for so many of us, as we think about God's faithfulness, we're so busy achieving, we're so busy spitting raspberries at the situations in our lives that we forget that there's a loving father behind us that's breathing on our situations. There's a loving father that sees and speaks and loves behind us. And so we have the amazing opportunity to enter in every day, the daily bread, relationship with Jesus. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his highest willingness. I'll say that again. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his highest willingness. He is a loving, faithful father. He's not a God that needs his arm twisted. He's not a God that needs provoking and shaking. He's a God who is willing to give us his goodness and his love. 
Are we going to be a people that step into that truth, that we align ourselves? We've been speaking about this story a lot over, over the last few weeks at St. John's, but the prodigal son is a great example of this. The prodigal son has disappeared. He's spent all the father's money. He's, he's spent it all on glorious living and he's run out with nothing. And he suddenly realized, I'm missing the father's love. I need to go back. He needs to say sorry. And he's kind of thinking about this sorry speech on his way back. And he comes up with this idea of, I'll achieve myself back into the father's love. Take me back as a servant. Bring me back in. I'll work for you. I'll work really hard and you can love me again. But as we know the story, the father sprints towards the son. The father is the one that makes the first step. He sprints and he embraces him. It's a gift to be received. God's faithfulness doesn't need to be earned. We receive it. So we remember the past. We receive in the present. And then we can reach for the promise. Joshua was given the promise of the promised land ahead of him across the Jordan. God was calling the people of Israel forward into a new adventure, a new journey. When myself and my wife Louise first arrived here at St. John's, and we've been here just over two years now, uh, and having the best time, we were really excited for God calling us and reaching for the promise of what he'd invited us to here. Louise um, works just down the road at Tear Fund, uh, like a lot of you, um, and we were really excited that her hour commute out of London turned into a minute walk, which is fantastic. And after two weeks of arriving here at St. John's, Louise was called into a meeting at Tear Fund, and they were uh, are going for a big restructure. And there might even be some of you here today that have, have felt the effect of the redundancies that are happening at Tear Fund with this restructure. So we'd arrived fresh, excited for this new promise, this new vision here at Hampton Wick and Teddington and St. John's and at Tear Fund. And they said, Louise, there's a strong possibility you'll be made redundant in a month. And we're suddenly thinking, but God, you said there's a promise here. You said there's an opportunity here. What are you doing? Where is your faithfulness? What's going on? And for some of us, we're still asking that question. God, what are you doing? Am I going to trust what you're doing in this situation? We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And the following week, uh, Louise was invited to a meeting and they said, the exciting news is that you are going to be made redundant, but your country is the last one to go. And so you'll be finishing in June 2020, so June next year, which amazingly is the same month that I get ordained and finish here at St. John's and are being called to a new adventure. How amazing that God would take this moment to ask the question of, God, are you faithful? And he would almost on the exact date set it up in that way. God has called us and beckoning us into a promise and he will not let you down. He will not forsake you. He will not failure. He is faithful. He is a good, loving God. In Lamentations chapter 3, it says, because of Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning, tomorrow morning, before you set off for work, God will never fail. He is faithful. He knows exactly what he has to give you. I was reminded this week of um, a story of Corrie ten Boom uh, during the war and all the horrific situations that she faced. Um, and I was reminded of this amazing moment in the early part of her, her book, The Hiding Place, and the situations that were going on. 
and she had experienced death for the first time in her family. Um, and she suddenly felt really scared of the future and her family. And I'm going to read this small part out. The father. So father sat down on the edge of the narrow bed. Cory, he began gently. When you and I go to Amsterdam, when do I give you your ticket? I sniffed a few times considering this. Why? Just before we get on the train. Exactly. And our wise father in heaven knows when we are going to need things too. Don't run out ahead of him. When the time comes, he will show you. For some of us, we have these moments of like, wow, God's faithfulness has aligned it perfectly. I know where I'm going. But for some of us today, we're sat and we're going, I can't see you, God. I can't see your faithfulness in this situation. And God is reminding you today that he is faithful and he has everything he needs in his hands. And he is going to give it to you at the exact opportune right moment that you can trust and rely on his goodness and his faithfulness. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is with you and he is for you. God is faithful. We remember the past. We can receive in the present. And we can reach for the promise of the future. Amen. Amen. What I'd love for us to do as we, um, as we draw this service to a close, I'm going to invite the band up. What I'd love for you to do is we're, we're going to respond in quite a, a physical way. Um, and I believe God is wanting to, to speak to us in this moment. Why don't we stand together? And we're just going to get to, to take a moment for God to speak to us whether it be about the past, the present, or the future. And we're going to do it in, um, I'm hoping this will be a fun way, but we're going to use our bodies, we're going to make this physical. Um, and I'm actually hoping that this might um, help you in your prayer life this week. Actually, this is a great way of saying, God, would you speak to me about this stuff, not just here in church, but throughout the week, in all situations. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment of, of rest and quiet, and we're going to do three things. The first is we're all going to spin around and we're going to look behind us. And we're going to take a moment to ask God, what is it about the past that I'm celebrating your faithfulness? What have you done before? Where have you been in a particular season? Maybe in a situation I'm finding now that you've done it before and you're going to do it again. So first we'll spin around. Then we're going to turn to our side and we're going to reflect on the fact that God is faithful and with us. That Jesus is with us, that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, that we are his children, that we can spend time with him and receive him daily. And then we're going to look forward and ahead and already celebrate what God is going to do in the future, that he's calling us to exciting promises and exciting plans. So I'm going to join you facing this way. I know that's a little bit weird to start. And then what we're going to do is we're all going to turn around. So we turn around. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are faithful, that you are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the was and the is and the is to come. Lord, thank you for where you have taken us from, the journey that you have taken us on. Lord, thank you for the seasons before us, the stones that we've laid down to celebrate, the stories that we have to share of your goodness. Amen. Now let's turn to the side. Choose what side. 
It's a lot of awkward eye contact now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are with us and for us. Thank you that you love us so much that you would give us your only son. We celebrate your presence with us. And Lord, help us to spend time with you daily, knowing your goodness and faithfulness. Thank you that you take hold of us now. I just see Jesus embracing some of you and bringing you into his love. We come as children to the loving Father. Thank you, God. Amen. And finally, let's all face forward. Lord, we thank you that you're good and you have wild, exciting adventures and journeys for each one of us. Lord, we thank you that you are calling and beckoning us on into new adventure and new promises. Thank you that you go before us, Holy Spirit. In your precious name, amen. Jesus is so good and so faithful. We're going to finish with a song of worship, and I'd love to encourage you, if um, there's anything from this morning that you'd love to be prayed for, there's going to be a team of people at the front on either side of the stage. Uh, Maybe for some of you, you know that there's moments in your past that you can't celebrate. There's something that's, that's broken in that past that you're wanting God to share his faithfulness in. Maybe for some of you, there's something like a barrier in the present that's stopping you entering into receiving God's love today. Or for some of us, you know there's a a promise ahead of us that just doesn't feel reachable and you want God to speak into that. Just encourage you as we worship to come forward, but we thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love, that it's a gift that we can receive. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you.